let's go. What's up, everyone? How we doing? How we living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking Football. Coming in a little energetic today because we are going to be going over week 10 of the NFL season. You heard that right. The last couple weeks has been week 8, week 9, and now we are on week 10. And this is the week with the most buys. We got six teams on buy. I guess that's less games to watch, less games to cover, but that also means less football. So you kind of win some there and you lose some depending on what side of the spectrum you're on. But Trees, what are your thoughts on the fact that it's already week 10 of the NFL season? It sucks because we're more than halfway through the year, but also it's football weather. So it, it gets better. I mean, did you see all the videos at Lambeau right now? Just tons of snow. Just, I mean, covered in it already. It's like November, bam, white snow. Like, I don't know why I had to say the color of it. Like, snow's white. If you're seeing a different color snow, let me know. Um, or go see a doctor because you're colorblind or something's wrong with you. But, yeah, uh, Lambo is already covered in snow. We would see that with Minnesota, but, you know, they're in a dome stadium, and they don't. I don't think they have to worry about that kind of collapsing anymore for a while. At least you hope you hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, hope not. Uh, side topic here. Have you seen the videos of the colorblind people that people buy them the glasses where they can see color? Yeah, and they like start crying, and then it gets dusty in your own room. Dude, it hits me, man. I, <laughs> I I'm a sucker for it, dude. Yeah. I'm like, god damn it, those people are so nice, changing this person's life. It's like shit. Yeah, they see the same colors I do now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That and then when uh, military people come back and surprise their family, I can't watch those videos. They get oh, me. Oh, like when the kids are screaming dad or mom? Oh, my gosh. Can't do it, dude. Waterworks, bro. Yeah, Just 100%. A waterfall. Yep. For sure. Um, So let's kind of get into this real quick because okay. you're very excited to talk about it. Let's just talk about this weekend. Let's just talk about oh. the awesome, awesome thing that you get to go do on Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday is another edition of the Tailgate Tour, traveling down to Alabama, the University of Alabama, playing the University of Louisiana State. And this matchup is going to be electric. Depending on what poll you're looking at, this is team one and two or two and three. And it's absolutely amazing that I have an opportunity to go to this game and experience this atmosphere and be on this campus. Like, I was thinking about it before we hopped on. I was just like, man, like, I'm not stressing, but, like, I'm trying to hurry up and get all my laundry done so I can get it packed so I don't have to come home tomorrow after work and I can just hit the road and get on my way to Alabama and go to this game. And then the, the guests that are going to be there, uh, Mr. Nagy, the guy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, he's going to be there. Landon Collins is going to be there. Jacob Hester's going to be there. So I'll get to talk to him again. Um, I mean, there's just all these guys that are stopping by at this tailgate. And apparently, like, the president's going to be there. Like, all these celebrities are going to be there. I heard Justin Timberlake's going to be there. And then, you know, the all the high-level talent of players that come from each university are going to be there. I mean, it's just going to be in an awesome atmosphere. And guess where it all starts? Football. Like, it's it's awesome. It is going to be freaking awesome. 
That's sweet. So very <laughs> jealous of you. Very jealous. Um, since you brought it up, and since the polls came out yesterday, uh, two days ago for the people that are listening to this, what did you think of the top five? Top five. So it's Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Penn State, um, Clemson. and Clemson. Correct. And that one more. And then the six is Georgia, but let's worry about just the top five. Um, I was kind of surprised to see Ohio State get the one seed. Like a lot of people have been saying it, but I mean LSU has just been playing everybody, and they've beat. I mean they beat Texas. They've played top level talent. I mean Penn State's on a roll. Alabama's just Alabama. Like they're so good, they don't play in the fourth quarter. And then Clemson just hasn't really looked like Clemson this year, but. It's electric. I liked it. I was excited for it. It's awesome to see teams like Minnesota up there, uh, especially Penn State. Like Penn State being ranked in the top four, like getting to be in the college football playoff, that's awesome. Something we're not used to. And then teams like Georgia, like you're just kind of waiting for them to sneak in, or even a team like Florida if they can find a way. Yeah. I think Florida, I mean, they're out of it at this point with two losses. Oh, shit. My bad. But I get what you're saying, though. Um, so here's my kind of thought of it. Um, Ohio state, I'm good with being number one. Actually, I'm good with the top three that in that order, I'm actually really good with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm the guy that's like, I fucking hate 14 playoffs because you know that two of them are going to be the exact same every year, every year with Clemson and Alabama. So it's really just a two team race of what to find a way to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. but um, and I'm also, and I agree. Clemson hasn't looked very good this year, but they're d- the defending champs, and they've yet to lose. So I also find it disrespectful that they are not in the top four. And I also understand, hey, two versus three are playing each other this weekend. One versus four are playing each other in a couple weeks. Like they're gonna lose, and Clemson's gonna sneak their way back into it just by winning games. Like they still control their own destiny, so it's really not a big deal with it being week one. But I did find it disrespectful but i think it's good for college football to show look clemson's not in it right now even though they know what they're doing they know like it doesn't matter because in six weeks from now when it actually is the real deal whatever eight weeks from now whenever it is six Mm -hmm. weeks um like we know who's going to be in there really but i i don't know It, it kind of bothered me but at the same time i really liked it it was weird weird feeling there um but then I was like, kind of like just thinking through, obviously with me being a Utah fan and just seeing like, what are the possibilities here with Utah being eight? I'm like, okay, what, what are the real chances? And I've kind of come to the conclusion that there are no real chances. So because either LSU or Alabama are going to win out. One of those two will win out and be in. Clemson's not losing. So they're in. So that's two right there. Ohio State or Penn State – one of them will lose when they play each other, but I don't see the other one losing. So that's three there. And so now four comes down to either a one loss, LS, say Alabama wins this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, then it comes down to a one loss LSU team who didn't have to play in the in their conference championship game. A one loss, or I guess it would be a two loss Georgia team that lost to Alabama. So they're probably out. But what if they beat Alabama in the title game? Now, you, all of a sudden, now you have three SEC teams with one loss. 
they will get in over a Pac-12 team. And then you have probably whoever loses out of Ohio State and Penn State, one loss team that will probably get in over a Pac-12 team as well. Even if Utah wins out here, I mean, their schedule is a cakewalk. They should, and then they'll have to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And that's really their only real hard game this entire year. Like, right now, they anybody that they've played I don't think is ranked. Maybe Arizona State's still ranked, but they're in the 20s if they are. So they haven't played a tough schedule. Um, so I was just, just thinking through this. I'm like, there's really no possibility for Utah to get in. It's, like, almost impossible. I think the highest they would get is six, maybe five. I think they can get to five. I, I think they can get – I think five is a possibility. So do you think that they would be – but here's the thing. Do you think that they would be ranked ahead of a one-loss LSU team? A one-loss LSU team? Absolutely not. Right, and that's what I'm saying, right? So one – say Alabama wins, so Alabama is undefeated. Say they're one. Two, Clemson wins. LSU and Georgia played, right? LSU and Georgia played, and LSU won. Okay. Yep. So if Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson all win out, those three win out, and then you have a one-loss LSU team and a one-loss Penn State team and a one-loss Utah team. So that's six. Where does Utah rank in that? Six. Probably six, right? So that's the way I say it, which is disappointing. I mean, it, it sucks that they had to go to USC on a Friday night type type game and then they just didn't show up i mean it's their own fault for not showing up but like those are always tough games you always see like ohio state losing those type of games right like you basically anybody but alabama you see losing losing those type of games i mean clemson a couple years lost to syracuse in that same situation on a friday night in syracuse and they lost so but like that's the difference that's the difference between making the playoffs and not which is sad uh, it's disappointing. So Utah finally beat Washington this weekend at Washington, which was huge because they just have never been able to get over that hurdle. But it yeah. sucks because Washington's just shit this year. They're just not very good. So the whole Pac-12 isn't good. It's it's Utah and Oregon. Those are the only good teams in the Pac-12. I'm just trying to think, like, I don't understand why it has to be a four-team playoff. Like, why did you not just make it eight? Or, like, why can you not consider the possibility of making it an eight-team playoff? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, brought, it was very hard to make it a playoff system and not a BCS anyway. So, I think that they were like, this is the easiest route. I would love six and let one and two actually have a bye. Like, actually give them an advantage. I would really like it. I would like the eight because then you have – then you have Oklahoma, Florida, Auburn, Baylor, and Wisconsin, all with, I mean, Michigan, Notre Dame, Kansas State, Minnesota. I mean, every single one of those teams could find, like, SMU, they might be able to find a way to sneak in if everyone else loses because within the Big 12, I mean, you never know who's going to lose or who's going to beat who, especially with the, what, three or four teams right now in it. Yeah. If it was an 18 playoff, like you would have every top power five ranking conference in there. And I'm not just coming up with this on my own. I heard Rich Eisen talking about it on my way home from work today. But it's just he said that. And then you bring it up. I mean, it's just that would be a great idea. And it would be electric for college football. And the way he painted it is the top four teams, 
uh, would get to play their game at home, like they would get the home field advantage, and then you would be back to the 14th playoff where, you know, it's a central location and then the national championship is wherever it is. But that would be amazing. Like, we would get more, like, you don't have to make more college football, but there would be less of these just wild bowl games, like these random-ass bowl games. You know what I mean? Like the cup bowl. Yeah, whatever no, for sure. you know, the banana bowl, just shit like that. Like I want to see, you know, eight versus one. Like, you, how does Utah rank against Ohio State in this particular situation? Oregon, LSU, Georgia, Alabama again, Clemson and Penn State. Like, you see these matchups, and it's going to be teams that play each other that may not ever see each other again. But in this situation, you know what I mean? Like, that's just it's awesome. Yeah, it would so- be awesome. So my next question is, and this is what everybody, whenever I bring up and talk about like 18 playoffs with people, everybody goes, do all the power five teams get one team in no matter what the winner? No, no, because that's not the point of it. It's not to get every division. It's just to get more, like more talent. And this was another point that Rich touched up on. Like in the NFL, like you can struggle a little bit, right? Like not everyone starts off hot. You don't have to be perfect the whole year. There's only two teams that have had a perfect regular season, and there's only one team that's had a perfect season. Because teams in the NFL struggle, and it takes a while to kind of get things going. And then when they do, some teams end the year off a hell of a lot better than they started. Yeah, but if it's like – here's the deal, though, right? Like the NCAA corrupt system, all about money. That's all they care about, right? This would bring in loads of it, would it not? Yeah, it 100% would. And I think it would bring in more – if you had a team from basically every region of the country. I mean, it would it fall that way anyways? No. I mean, Pac-12 hasn't had a team in the top eight the last couple of years. I mean, Washington, like three years ago when they made the playoffs were, but other than that, they haven't been in the top eight. So Oregon and Utah being in the top eight, it's a huge deal for the Pac-12. I think it is. I think having. Oh, I'm not being a smart ass. Like I'm no, just. I'm just. No, 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 like, for sure. Radiant. I think it is. I think it is a big thing. But the problem is the other teams are just so bad. Like at least in maybe not last year, but like the history of the Pac-12, it was like there's always a lot of good teams. There's like you'd always have like five or six in the top twenty-five, but nobody in the top eight. Like you, like Pac-12 would own that like fifteen through twenty-five area. There'd be a lot of teams there, so you could at least be like, hey, we're a deep conference here. But now it's like, it's shit, but hey, there are two legit contending teams here. Man, it would be awesome to see Utah make it. I mean, what about, what about Oregon though? So like, let's move it. Let's say Oregon beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon only has one loss week one against a very good Auburn team where they had the lead until 10, 10 seconds left in that game. So the Bo Nix Hail Mary. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, does Oregon, is Oregon a team that you'd be like, hey, they're better than a one-loss Penn State team because they've won their conference, a one better than a one-loss LSU team because they won their conference? And then what about Oklahoma? Because now all of a sudden you're like, Oklahoma's got only that one loss, and Kansas State's now in the top 20, I think, or low 20s, I don't know, somewhere in that 20 range. So uh, Kansas State is 16th. Oh, 16. Okay, so there we go. So now you got a mid-team loss, but if you end up going out and winning out, where do they jump? Because right now, 
they're obviously not in the top six. Oklahoma, so, is that who you're talking about still? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy that they're nine after one loss. After one loss. Like, like a game that they almost came back and won, too. Yeah. We, uh, we were at the tailgate, the Utah tailgate, watching that game happen. And after they lost, we're like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're still going to be ahead of Utah. There's no way that they drop behind us. So that next Sunday, when it was announced that they were behind Utah by one spot, we were all shocked because we thought, hey, even a one-loss Oklahoma team against a good Kansas State team is better than a one-loss Utah team against a USC team that's up and down. They're a roller coaster. One week, one week USC looks like a top-20 team in the nation. The other ones, you'd, you're like, I'd be surprised if you fucking won three games this year. <laughs> if Utah were you think if Utah and Oklahoma were to play Oklahoma would win or do you think it would be a close game um I think it'd be a close game because this Utah defense is elite like they went three straight games Pac-12 games without giving up points like touchdowns like they are a legit team um but that offense is just so good for Oklahoma. I don't know if they could slow them down enough, but Huntley's got one of the best QBRs in the nation. The offense for Utah's looking good. Could I think Utah's offense would bully the Oklahoma defense. I think that Zach Moss would just run it down their throat. I, I just don't think that the uh, pack, uh, Big 12 team is used to that ground-and-pound style. Definitely not at all. Right, so I think it would be a good game. I who I who would win? I wouldn't know. I honestly, I give the advantage to Oklahoma, but I think it would be a very good game. I kind of want to see. Like I don't know. I just want things to fall in a way where teams are in the playoff that we weren't really expecting at the start of the year. You know what I mean? Totally, for sure. Either way, um, I'm just happy because as long as Utah, you know, takes care of business, they're going to the Rose Bowl, which will be the first time ever. So that was awesome. Last year was the first time they ever won the South Conference. Uh, obviously, I ended up losing to the Pac-12 championship in the Pac-12 championship to Washington 10-3. to They can pull it out this year, go into the Rose Bowl, and then they'll be playing whoever loses basically out of Penn State and Ohio State. So it'll be a good game, and they'll get to really see like where they stack compared to those blue blood type teams, conference yeah. uh, programs. Jeez, that's what I was looking for. So... <laughs> Sorry, we just spent like 20 minutes talking college football. Like, we, we don't talk a lot of college football here. No, yeah. I kind of like it, though. But we, should, we, should we do we it more? Should, we should, because we watch plenty of college football. So we, we really should bring it into it more. I mean, maybe we should just have another episode during the week that's just strictly college football. My, my wife would love that. Perfect. She can join. <laughs> she, she just texted me. Can I come downstairs and drink wine while you're podcasting? Yes. <laughs> sure. I said sure. Look <laughs> so, at that. Look at that. Podcast bringing us together. <laughs> Marriage together. <laughs> there it is. Hey. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry for sniffling into the mic. Um, I no, woke up with a sinus infection. So. You don't sound bad. I, I know you asked me this before we started, but you, you sound normal. Okay, one last college question before we move on to some NFL. Top three Heisman. Give them to me. Joe Burrow. Is this in order? I want I want your order. Like, I don't want just, hey, I think these three. I, I want you to say, I'm talking football. This is what I'm saying. 
in November, start of November, these this is who I would choose my Heisman winner, runner up, third place. I mean, is it is it bad that I want to put in a defensive player? Not at all. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So Joe Burrow, Mr. Chase Young, uh, and who's another guy that I think I mean, I wanna put I wanna say Jalen Hurts. But uh, a crappy game against, not the best game against Texas. You lose to Kansas State. Tua, he's just missed a game with an injury. Does that take him out of it? I'm going to take Hurts because he's got the loss. So Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Tua. Okay. I'm going with Justin Fields as my clear-cut Heisman winner right now. Uh, Really? Yeah. Joe Burrow second. And... I do like the Chase Young thing there. I'm not going to take that, though. Um, but I will take Hurts at three. So I we agree at three. Um, but, yeah, I do think that if the season ended right now, I think it's clearly down to Burrow and Justin Fields, and I would just take Justin Fields personally. I feel like I disrespected him a little bit by not, not at least dropping his name there. It's because I cut you off. You were totally going to say it. For sure. For sure. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to some NFL talk. Um, Let's just start out with Thursday night game. Starting tomorrow, tonight, for people that are listening to this, the day day that this drops, Chargers, one-point favorites in Oakland. Last time they will be, be visiting Oakland before they become the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, let's start out with just who we think is going to win this game. Uh, I said it last episode, this is the classic Raiders are going to, or sorry, Chargers are going to go on like this six and two run right now, seven and one run. So it starts now and I'm going to take the Chargers. And I'm going to stick with the Raiders. Uh, they got a close win over the Lions. John Gruden is feeling great. Derek Carr is looking good. Their offense is rolling. He's getting in touch with his weapons. And their defense is making plays. The Chargers, they look like they're finally just now kind of getting rolling with things, which is good for them. They fired their offensive coordinator, Kent Wisenhunt, excuse me. And they looked great last week. But it's just, this is a Thursday night game. The Chargers are old. Phillip Rivers is old. I just don't think he's in a position to recover quickly enough for these type of games because the last couple weeks he's really been taking a beating um so i'm going to stick with oakland here especially if the Chargers are only favored by one okay philip rivers 310 passing yards what what are you taking over or under oh excuse me there as i take a drink and recover from the snotty nose i got uh rivers 310 passing yards um, I'm going to take the under. I don't think he gets over that with this defense. Like I said, he hasn't really looked well. Um, I don't know if he's really had much of a 300 passing yard games this season. Let me take a quick look at that before I just go ahead and drop some false information here. Um, but I just, I don't know. When you go back and you watch it just Phillip rivers. I mean, he's old. He's not looking good this year. He's not playing as well as he used to. And his throwing motion is weird as this sounds. It's looked even sloppier this year. Philip Rivers, he has yes, had oh yes, shit, five. one, two, five. Okay, look at you go. Yeah, and I'm five hundred yard passing games. He had one last week against the Colts. Nah, I don't think it happens. 
He is looking like he's getting on a roll, though. Fuck me. Yeah. You look at it. Bad game, good game. He had a good game last week. He's going to have a bad game Thursday. Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders. And you're taking the under is what you meant. But yes, but I'm going to take the over 310 yards. So we'll be different there. Um, Gordon, 52 rushing yards. He started to look better last week, but um, 52. I mean, it's still hot. I mean, it's weird that we're saying that 52 yards is high for Melvin Gordon. It's a, it's a weird thing to say. But compared to like what he's done this season, it is. I mean, is it? Yeah, it's this season, but he's had such a slow start. He wasn't there for training camp, missed several games. And last week, he finally looked like he's kind of getting back into the flow and the speed of the NFL. So I'm going to take the over here. I think he can do it. I feel like they got their play calling figured out. Like I said, he's starting to feel everything. He's ready to go, and he's good. So I'm going to take the over here. Okay. I am going to also take the over here. So we will be the same there. I think that he gets – I could see this. I mean, that's tough, though, because I was about to say maybe this is the game where he gets to 100 yards. But, I mean, that's very unlikely if if I also think Phillip Rivers is going to get 300 passing yards. That's me saying 400 yards right there. But, um yeah, I'm still going to take the over, though, because 52 is not that much. Um, what about Keenan Allen at 78 yards? I'm kind of iffy on this because Mr. Rivers and Hunter Henry have built quite the relationship within the last month. Whether that's along the sideline or, along the, or in the middle of the field, whether there's a dump-off, Phillip Rivers is kind of finding that go-to tight end that he once had with Antonio Gates. No, I'm not sitting here saying that Hunter Henry is as good as Antonio Gates right now, but if he keeps doing what he's doing and he can stay healthy as of what has happened the last month for him, is there's going to be another premier tight end in the AFC West. And it's going to be awesome to see him do it. A local kid in Arkansas, now in L.A., maybe London, maybe San Diego, if the Chargers can figure out where home is, because I don't think it's there in L.A., but my whole point of going to that, where I'm kind of rolling back to here with Allen, is I don't think he gets the 78 receiving yards. We've seen Mike Williams kind of start to get more looks as well down the sideline. And it's not something against Allen. I just think it's Philip Rivers is trying to spread the ball around. So when you have Hunter Henry, Gordon in the passing game, Mike Williams, and then you add in Allen as well, I'm just not seeing him getting that 78. Now, watch me be wrong, and this dude takes a screen pass up the sideline for 80 and gets it just like that in the second quarter. But right now, I just don't think it's going to happen for him. He hasn't had over 61 yards since week three. It's week 10, man. Like, that's... Yeah, he's on my fucking fantasy team. I know. Well, I mean, don't draft shitty wide receivers. I'm going to take the over... (laughs) I'm just kidding. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to take the over, though, because I actually agree with you that he's going to have one big play this today or tomorrow, whoever's listening today. to this, whenever you guys listen to this. Um, he's going to have one big play for like 60 yards, and then it's pretty easy to get the next 20. So I will take the over. Uh, let's go with Eckler on 71 total yards. Not rushing, not receiving, total yards. I'm going to take the under. This is the game where Gordon starts to get more abundance of everything. The offense starts flowing through him, whether that's on a first down run, first down pass to him. 
I think they're going to start phasing Austin Eckler out. I think he still finds a way to get involved with the offense just because he's done so well for him in the season. But they're reaching a point with Gordon where it's like, hey, we got to get this guy rolling if we want a real shot of competing for the AFC West or fighting for a playoff opportunity. Um, nothing against Eckler. Again, I just don't think he finds a way to get over 71 total yards. Uh, I'm with you. I actually think that he, I actually think that he finds a way to get into the end zone, but he just doesn't have the 71 total yards this game. So I'll take the under on that. Uh, Derek Carr at 229 passing yards, and I'm going to take the under here. No explanation. Just taking the under. I mean, if you want me to get into it, sure. I was going to mm. save it for my Josh Jacobs one, which is next. Well, then okay, then let me go. Um, okay. I'm going to say the over. I think he has looked great the last couple weeks. Um, he's looked very comfortable in the pocket. Um, his throwing has looked a lot sharper as well. It's not like he's trying to loft too much or he's trying to throw too hard. It's, it's like Derek Carr is playing quarterback for the Oakland Raiders again in the system of John Gruden. And that's it's nice to see that from Carr coming back from a broken leg and a back injury and then a shaky offensive line of teammates that kind of hated him for a little bit. I think he's earned a lot of respect. I think John Green has learned to respect him more and kind of trust him more. And Derek Carr is showing it. And I just don't see much from this Chargers secondary without Derwin James. And it hasn't been anything as impressive either. So I'm taking the over for Derek Carr. Okay. Josh Jacobs, 86 rushing yards. And I'm going to take the over because I think that he has a couple just monster runs. I'm I'm saying like multiple possibly three or four, like, 30-plus-yard runs. I think that they are going to be feeding him the ball. Uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that this is finally a primetime game that everybody's watching the Raiders, and he's going to have a monster game. And this this week, tomorrow wins him Offensive Rookie of the Year. You literally stole the words out of my mouth about the primetime and this opportunity for him to shine. I think he gets the over as well. Like, I think this is a big game for the Raiders. Uh, let's take the next one, which is Tyrell Williams at 68 receiving yards. I'm going to take the the under. I just typed it over, but I'm taking the under here because I just, again, I think that they're going to be trying to just run the ball a lot. I think that they're going to be trying to dump it off to running backs. I think other running backs, like, uh, what's their other running back's name? Washington. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that he'll have some good, like, receiving yards there. So I just don't see big plays out of Tyrell Williams this year, this week? Um, I, I will take the under there, and I'm going to take the over on Waller. I see him having a big reception over the middle of the field late in the game that kind of seals it for the Raiders, and he gets over that 58-yard marker. Okay. Um, I'm also going to take the under on Waller. I think that they are going to know that he is their main threat at wide at as a pass catcher, and they're going to just make sure that they take him away. So uh, I will take the under. Man, we got a, quite a bit of dif- disagreements this week. A ton. Well, how many do we have the same? One, two, two. three, three, wait, four, four of the eight. We're so 50 50. We'll see. <laughs> Man, that's quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, if you're right on all of them, you can only be down by one on me after this week. Hey, fingers are fucking crossed. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. 
And let's start out, there's actually a few, not a ton, but there's a few divisional games that could be big. I think that losing teams at these are maybe out of the playoff race, to be honest. So, and that starts with this one. And that's the Lions versus the Bears. Obviously, both of these teams, not where they want to be. Uh, not where they thought they would be when we were all talking in September. Well, I mean, I guess one of them, actually both of them are exactly where we thought they'd be. But <laughs> for the most part, for the most part, other people. So uh, um, Bears are two and a half point favorites. It's in Chicago. So the, all that makes sense. Uh, it's hard for me to take the Bears here, even with being at home. But we also talked about are the are the Lions defensive linemen just playing a little soft right now? It feels like they're getting bullied. I do does, do the Bears try to go back to like, hey, we gotta just keep running the ball and then set up the pass so Trubisky can be more I don't know. I would I was about to say accurate, but that no, that's not gonna happen. Ha, so ha, 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 ha. Uh, um this one's actually really tough for me. I'm gonna take Detroit though. I think that they end up pulling this one out by a last second field goal and i think it basically just makes it so the bears know that they're not making the playoffs um i'm gonna take detroit as well but i don't think it's by field goal i think they win by at least two scores um a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns um i think they just kind of bury the bears i think their defense i mean if we're sitting here saying that their defense is soft they're definitely feeling it or probably hearing it from their coaches as well and they're going to come out ready to play they lost a tough game last week against the raiders um Matthew Stafford did what he could to keep that team in the game and it just didn't work out for him right like they eventually lost but Marvin Jones had a great game a name that I brought up last week or last episode as well someone we're just really not giving credit to and I think he has another big game against the secondary I mean this Bears defense is good but man they're just they've got to be tired they've got to be exhausted they're tired of hearing about their fucking quarterback Yesterday, reports came out that he's going around the facility turning off TVs because he's tired of hearing people talk smack about his team. Well, I don't think they're talking smack about your team. I think they're talking smack about you. 100%. You can't. Like, you're not playing quarterback at the highest level, and you are the second pick in the NFL draft. Whether you want to accept that or not, like, you were, and you got to live up to that. Last year, a lot of his plays that were made from him were outside of the pocket. Everything this year appears to be in the pocket, and he's just not seeing the field. He's not reading his progressions correctly, and then when he does make a decision, it seems like 75% the wrong one. And I think the Lions have literally just been so close to winning so many games that are slipping through the fingers, and I think this is a week where they're like, let's just go blow up the Bears and move on. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Did everyone, I mean everyone, Maybe jump the gun a little bit on Oakland about getting fucked in that trade for Khalil Mack. I think they did so much because John Gruden was getting a 10 mil or 10 year, $100 million deal. Yeah. Traded Khalil Mack and then gets on the podium and goes, yeah, pass rusher, a good one's heart is rare to find. Right. Yeah, sure. But everybody was like, I don't care if you're. You're giving up multiple first round picks. Like you never trade, or if you're getting that, you never trade someone like Clomac. But think about it. Their pick last year, they got Josh Jacobs. That's what they got for that pick. This year, Bears lose again. They're going to be picking top, top seven, maybe even better. So, I mean, they, 
I think they're going to, as long as they don't just totally whiff on this pick, I mean, they're going to get very, very good value out of that pick. It's something I can only dream that the the Jags do with the picks that they got for Ramsey. Yeah. I mean, they, they are taking full advantage of that, what they got out of it. And the Bears are screwed because they don't have an answer for Mitchell Trubisky. Exactly. I mean, you don't have, like, you cannot draft another quarterback next year. And so you're going to have to go get someone in free agency. And who is that? Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Josh Rosen. Any fucking name you want to throw in the pot, they're probably going to be there for the Bears. Like, that's going to be the offseason topic is what quarterback is going to Chicago. And I hope they don't pick the wrong one. Yeah, but they would have to trade for Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not a free agent. Well, the the Panthers will probably just release him. Because if they release him, they clear up nineteen million next year. I think they. I think they know they can get something out of him. I think they trade him. Somebody will give up draft picks for Cam Newton. <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, you're disagree. right, but I just but, I'm trying to sit here and think like which team's going to be stupid enough to do that. But I mean, you're right for sure. But somebody's going to right. Somebody's going to be like, we're not in a p- position to be able to get a Tua or a Burrow or whoever in the draft, right? We like we fucked ourselves. Like we're picking ten to fifteen. Like, but we know that we need a quarterback. They're going to have to do that, or they're going to have to be like, we're okay with an Andy Dalton. Like, I would we give up draft Andy picks, Dalton. like. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just trying to think out loud here. So, all right, next game, another division rival. One of them's already out of the playoffs. I mean, they're just trying not to fuck themselves over on the number one overall pick. So that is the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Ravens are ten point favorites. Uh even with AJ Green coming back, I the Finley thing is. An unknown, so I will take the Ravens to win by double digits. I agree. Just too many unanswered questions with the Bengals. You move on from Andy Dalton on his birthday. AJ Green's coming back to a guy he's never played with, or caught hardly any passes from, probably. And their defense is horrendous. Like, yeah, there's Baltimore yep. by a mile. Yep. That's going to be a quick game for us. All right. Next one the Buffalo Bills, our Buffalo Bills. Mm. There we go. That's there what I'm talking go. about. I like that. Our Buffalo Bills, baby. Let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> Versus the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns are two and a half point favorites. That is shocking to me. Even with them being home. I mean, this team just lost to the Denver Broncos. And have lost like five in a row. They look like shit. You have people talking on the sidelines. Like you said, their leaders are not by each other. You have a quarterback that's off doing one thing, wide receiver on the opposite side. I just, I'm, I was shocked when I was going through this and filling this out for us. I was just shocked that I saw the Cleveland Browns were favorites in this game. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. We talked about it last episode. I think that Buffalo bullies them. I think that the Browns do not have the physicality that the Bills are going to bring, and they're going to just stop them with the front four on defense, and then they are going to run down their throat, and 
Singletary, who had a very big game last week, I think he has another big game here, and all of a sudden we're gonna people are gonna start talking about him as wow, did the Bills just steal him in the draft last year? I mean, I can't. I have nothing to disagree with you on. And with Singletary, I think a lot of it was wow, his forty time was just shit. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was just so bad, but. Buffalo, I mean, they're they're a very aggressive team. They're a very physical team. Their defense is going to eat Baker Mayfield alive. Um, he can't have a handlebar mustache because he doesn't deserve it, so that was the reason why he shaved it off. Like, dude, you don't even deserve the fucking mustache. Like, you don't deserve any facial hair until you win a football game, and it's something you've struggled to do lately. Your team is only happy when they're winning and you're not winning you're really not doing much of anything which is tough for them so i mean you have to take the buffalo bills josh allen's looking good he's looking comfortable he's aggressive we've talked about it with our team our quarterback here in <laughs> josh allen of you can't look to run as a first option sometimes like you have to just allow that to come naturally trees you touched up on that a lot last episode which is a great point and i think a good time for him to figure that out is right here against the browns Allow him and John Brown, who looked great last week. Him and Cole Beasley, they looked good last week in connection. And then, like you said, Singletary and Gore, that one-two punch is working well for Buffalo. They're, they will be fine in Cleveland against the Browns. Yeah. So here's a question for you. And I'm not saying for all year long, because I know your opinion on this, but just for this game, how many touches does Kareem Hunt get? This is his first game back, right? First game back. In over a year. No, it's not quite a year. It was like week 12, right, last year? My birthday, November 30th, he was released. Shout out to your Have birthday. I told you that story? No. Lauren took me to like a nice restaurant, and like right as we sat down, my buddy sent me a text message that says, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, what the fuck is he laughing at? And then literally directly after that thought went through my head, it was Kareem Hunt has been released by the Kansas City Chiefs. And my night was just like ruined. That sucks. So yeah. almost a year. Okay. So a few weeks a few weeks off of a year. Yeah. Just to be super technical. Um yeah. I think he has at least five touches. Five? I think I don't think they just throw him in because he's got a little bit of an injury as well. But man, he is good. He is a good football player and he's a good running back. You have a hundred dollars you get to bet on the over under of touches, and I'm gonna put it this is the number that I came up with just randomly when I before I do I was gonna ask you this question. Eleven and a half. Under. You think under 11 touches? What about eight? I mean, they don't have, like, why the fuck are they going to give Kareem Hunt 11 touches when they can't even give OBJ that much? Like, Nick Chubb is hardly getting that many touches. And he's no, the, the cl- Chubb, clearly yeah. the best player on their team this year. I mean, he's playing as well. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. But here's here's why I have that number, right? Like, it's clear that they don't want Nick Chubb being the full workhorse. That's why... He got pulled on a fourth and goal or and a first and goal the last couple of weeks, right? Like, and they have the other guys come in. And like you've said multiple times, he's the pass. Like, Cream Hunt could be that pass catcher there. So on third down and long, Cream Hunt comes in. Does he get a couple dump offs? Like, does he get four catches and then he gets five or six carries? That's 10 touches right there. I just don't think they welcome in him in the game like that. If they do, if they do good for them and good for Freddie Kitchen for making a good decision for his offense. What if I put it at seven and a half? 
I know you said five, but I like let's say you have a hundred dollars. You can double up if you win it. What would you do on seven and a half? I'd probably I would, take the over then. I would take the over on seven and a half. I think I think I agree with you on the eleven and a half. I think I'd take the under as well. But seven and a half, basically eleven. I could see five carries and I could see three catches easy. I can also see them just being like, we don't need him. He's fine. Yeah, but don't you think that they want him to be successful just so they can use him as a trade asset? He's a free agent after this year anyways. He is, but you can still... But they also can do things to get him back. But anyways, okay. Uh, And that's just a dark hole that you can continue to dig in, you know, for hours. No, for sure. And we don't have that here. So, um, <laughs> let's go to your team now. The Kansas City Chiefs, that will be led by Patrick Mahomes this week, versus the Tennessee Titans. And the Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Take it away. So, Patrick Mahomes was listed as a full participant in practice yesterday on Wednesday for the first time in a while. Listed as a four, full participant, excuse me, which is great for him. But personally, I would not mind it if he sat out another game. Matt Moore, um, I went down my Twitter thread last uh, the other night after watching the Chiefs game, and I said Matt Moore almost cost the Chiefs that game last on Sunday against the Vikings. He did. He almost had two key interceptions that would have one of them would have gone back for a pick six for the Vikings, and then another one would have just kind of sealed the game for the Vikings. But. He found a way to take some shots, get the ball down the field, and an opportunity for his guys to catch it, um, and they took full advantage of that. So I don't mind seeing Matt Moore travel to Tennessee and be the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs for one more week. But Patrick Mahomes, he's a football player. He's a franchise quarterback. He is the guy, and he wants to play. I think he plays this week, and I think he destroys this Tennessee defense. Their offense doesn't have much going on outside of Tannehill, um, it looks like he is doing well now that he has escaped the, the grasp of Adam Gase and his terrible offense and play calling. And I don't know what offensive geniusness that he had with Peyton Manning, but boy, it's not working with fucking anybody else. But this Kansas City Chiefs defense is getting hot and they're rolling. They get some starters back this week along with Chris Jones and that defensive line is getting pressure and had multiple sacks the last couple weeks. Look out, Tennessee, because the Chiefs are coming, baby, and they're coming fast. Chiefs by five and a half, 100%. Uh, I also will take the Chiefs by uh, five and a half, and I'm actually thinking about putting real money on this game. I think that I feel very confident in that five and a half there. Um, But I also think you have to start Patrick Mahomes this game. Uh, We will disagree on this. I, I get your points, but I think that you can't risk getting upset in this game you lose this game and you let some other teams catch up another game on you like i just don't think you don't want to play that game heading into late november and december like where all of a sudden now you feel like shit like we can't lose to the chargers twice because now all of a sudden we're not winning that division mm-hmm. we still got oakland like i feel like that's just putting additional pressure on yourself i think this is what you do like you you be a classic uh like almost like Patriot-esque of like just running up the score early in the game. And then if you can get him out in the fourth quarter, then you get him out, right? As soon as you're up by three scores, like you're at K. 
we can we can pull you. Like you don't need to play this whole game. But I don't think that you want to play that game of risking an upset. That's a good point. In Tennessee, they always play the Chiefs tight. I mean, they always right. do. Always. So. Yeah. So that that's my that's my argument for Patrick Mahomes needs to play this game. But given that win against Minnesota was huge, because if you would have lost, given you wouldn't be saying that he doesn't need to play if you lost against Minnesota, you would. I think your tone would be totally different, right? Like I think what you're saying is that win gives you guys the flexibility of not having to play him this week. Absolutely. So. All right. Next game. A game that I was so excited for at the start of the year. I was like, this is this is the game that's going to really like like change how things go in the NFC South. Like, this is why I put money on this team. This is going to be the game that they show they are better than the Saints. Boy, was I wrong. The Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are 13-point favorites. Um you want to start a little parlay this week. Uh, this is the second game. So I would be taking the Chiefs at five and a half, and I would be taking the Saints at 13. Uh, they are not going to struggle against this team. They're coming off a bye. Kamara is now healthy. Kamara's going for three touchdowns easily this game. Uh, Drew Brees, he's going to just be like, uh, let me just add on to all my records because this defense is just awful. And this is my chance to have a nice little maybe 400-yard receive or passing game. The defense, a few more sacks. You're going to have a, a hobbled Matt Ryan playing, but he's still not fully healthy. Uh, you got Lattimore, who has a history of playing Julio Jones very tough. So, I mean, I just don't see how this is any more than a three-score game. I think New Orleans just routes them. I can't say anything else to add to that. I completely agree with you. New Orleans, let's roll. Man, we've agreed on almost every game except the first one. We've got to get some disagreements here, and I think we might get our first one right here. Could be. Uh, let's just roll into it. New York teams, man. Giants versus the Jets. Uh, the Giants are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Can't call it because it's a home game because uh, they play at the same stadium. So uh, who do you got out of these Giants and these Jets? <laughs> oh shit well it's really going to come down to who wants to lose more and i think it's going to be the jets i think they're just done i'm taking the giants uh daniel danger zone jones is not happy with the performance that he just had against the dallas cowboys um an interception two fumbles got sacked five times not his best game why not come here against the jets against a team that's struggling on and off the field within the front office is what i mean by off the field and just kind of show them, like, hey, this is our city. This is our stadium, and this is who we are. We are the New York football giant, and we are here to fucking win by at least two and a half points. My my brain is telling me, don't be an idiot and take the Giants. Don't be an idiot. Then uh, don't be. But I'm going to be. I'm going <laughs> to be an idiot. I'm going to take the Jets. Like... I think that we've now shit on Sam Darnold enough and Adam Gase enough that they're going to have one of these games where now they just show up and decide to be a good combination. Uh, I think that Bale gets rolling here. I think that a big play by Robbie Anderson happens. Uh, I'm going to just say the deciding factor is because it sounds like uh, the tight end for the Giants, Ingram, is not going to play. And I'm going to just say, hey, that's going to throw off Jones just enough. And that's why I'm taking the Jets. 
to be honest, don't have any real, real good reasons. I, <laughs> I'm kind of just doing this so it could be different. <laughs> well, I wish that wouldn't have been the only reason for it. But this next game, we have the Cardinals versus the Bucks, where the Bucks are favored by four at home, and I'm gonna take the Cardinals. Yeah, the Bucks they almost beat the Seahawks, but I like what the Cardinals did or have been doing. Their offense is great. This Buccaneers defense is pretty good as well. But it's just that Jameis Winston of, like, good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, what part are we going to see first, and how's the game going to end? As I sit here and talk my way through it, I think I should take Tampa, but I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. I think this is a Kyler Murray, like, hey, you you got the right guy. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure he showed some glimpses of that already for that front office, but I think this is a game where he's going, this team's almost leading the league in sacks. Watch me avoid some and then make some plays happen. I think this is a good game for Kyler Murray. I'm going to take the Bucks, even though I've been on that Arizona bandwagon for the last month or so. But I'm going to take the Bucks. I think that Godwin and O.J. Howard have big games this week. I think I know the Colts are or Colts Cardinals are the worst team against the tight end in the NFL. They have this like historically bad percentage of giving up receptions to tight ends so i could see oj howard who's coming back from injury they finally get him involved here and then godwin hey he was quiet last week so he's gonna have a big game and they're most likely gonna put put patrick peterson on mike evans so mike evans may get slowed down a little bit this week and i think that winston's fine with that i think winston's like all right i'll just go to godwin like throw it to him like 18 or 19 times this game uh two or three of them might get picked but the other 12 will probably go for 180 yards and two touchdowns and that'll be good enough for us to win i also think that it's hard for a team like arizona to travel all the way to florida and the time zone difference yeah, that's a good point. It'll be a good game, though. It's not one I'm going to be watching a lot, but I'll definitely be keeping my eye on it. Um, Our next game here is going to be the Dolphins versus the Colts, where the Colts are favored by 10.5. And, and I'm going to take the Colts here. Whether Jacoby Brissett plays or not, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Um, For the Colts, their team is nearly a complete one that plays well. And this Dolphin team is a, is a team that accidentally won last week. A receiver that did so well, they had to put him on IR because, God forbid, they cannot risk him having any more good performances or the possibility of him actually getting hurt. So they said, you know what, have a seat on the IR, get worked out, get fully healthy, we'll get you back next season with hopefully somewhat of a quarterback and maybe another guy on the other side of you that can help this offense as well. So I'm taking the Colts at 10.5 here for sure. Uh, I also am going to take the Colts here. All your reasons are valid. And also... Uh, we talked about this last week about uh, Preston Williams, if he came back into the game or not. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw him come back in because he got hurt twice. The first time he came back in, and that's what I saw. And then the second time, he obviously did not because he tore his ACL and is now on IR. So that is brutal for the Dolphins. Well, now I feel like shit. You talked about putting him on IR. So I, I feel like this this... This IR is on you. He tore his ACL. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Hey, man, I'm sorry. You get to feeling better. Come back next year. Have a big one. Work on catching the ball this offseason. Um, you and your teammates, I think you guys will be pretty pretty okay next season. Uh, once again, though, I do apologize for my comments. 
not very professional of me. So, <laughs> um, our next game, the Carolina Panthers are traveling to the field of where football, the legendary Lombardi Trophy, started. The Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by five. The Panthers are coming into town with the confusion of what were we going to do at quarterback? No need to worry. Our franchise guy is now on IR, not playing because we don't know if it's his shoulder, his foot, or his style that has injured him and bothering him. He's just not going to play the rest of this year. We have nothing to worry about. Kai and Allen, welcome to it. You are the guy here on moving forward. But I don't think that's enough. I think the Packers, they're pissed off about losing last week. Um, they feel like they got smacked in the mouth and were kind of shown like, hey, you're celebrating a little too early on your success. You're really not that ready yet. You beat the Chiefs barely, and then you lose last week against the who they say before or who they play before I fuck it up. Was it? It was the Chargers. It was the Chargers against Philip Rivers. Yes. Yep. It was. It's the Chargers. They were in Los Angeles. Trees, tell me I'm right. No response from Trees. I am right. The Green Bay Packers played the Los Angeles Chargers. We, we apologize, everybody. I think that that probably got cut out a little bit. A little bit of a poor connection between us. So I understood what you were saying, but I don't know if it came through all the way through the recording. So, Austin, that's why I'm saying that. But I'm going to kind of add on to this right now. So I'm with you um, on everything Green, Green Bay. I think that they did get punched in the mouth a little bit. I think that they are going to try to set the tone here and say, hey, that wasn't us. That was just one random game. Like, let's fix it. And I also don't think that the Panthers are going to be able to keep up with them. I think if the weather is bad, I think it does try to slow down McCaffrey. I think that the Packers have weapons at safety that can try to slow him down. If they're going to have somebody spy there, I think that they can try to slow down McCaffrey just enough. So um, we agree on that one. Let's move on to the next one, which is the Rams versus the Steelers. And the Rams are three and a half point favorites. This one was tough for me because the Steelers are playing very, very well right now. Uh, I know in your article the other uh, that came out today, yesterday for people um, listening, but you have Minka Fitzpatrick as your player of the week on defense. Couldn't agree more. Uh, huge game. Seven tackles. Obviously the 96 yard interception return for a touchdown. Uh, and he's just set that tone for this defense. So that one's tough. And it sounds like uh, James Conner's probably going to come back in some sort of capacity in this game. But, and then Brandon Cooks, I wanted to talk about this. He's already been ruled out for this game. I know that we talked about it before. You talked about it for me on the episode that I was gone. Uh-huh. I, I will not be shocked if they put him on IR. I third concussion since the Super Bowl, like that's that's a ton. That is a lot of inter- a lot of concussions in a short amount of time. Five in his career total. You'd wonder if they just say, "Hey, like let's get you healthy. Like we just we signed you to a long term deal. Like let's make it so you're good going into next year, and let's try to get these passed." So uh, I could see him being put on IR in the next week or two. Yeah, that would that's gonna be huge for them. Uh, but so who are you taking in the game? I'm gonna take the Rams in this game. Uh, coming off a bye, it's just hard to bet against McVay coming off a bye. 
I don't I just have this feeling for the Steelers and I don't know what it is. Like I feel like they can compete in this game. And so I'm gonna take them at three and a half. I mean if they lose by three, they still cover, which is good. Yep. So yeah, I'm gonna take the Steelers. I think this ends up being a closer game than we realize. I'm excited to watch that game. Now is our Sunday night game correct. The Vikings are traveling to Dallas, where the Cowboys are, of course, on prime time once again. Um, the boys are favored by three. The boys of Dallas, the star on their helmet, America's, eh, kind of America's team. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys. They had a big win against the Giants. The Vikings lost against the Chiefs. And Kirk Cousins played like fucking shit. I'm taking the Cowboys. That's pretty much it. Kirk Cousins is going to have, this is going to be the month of Kirk Cousins where everyone's going, why did we give him a guaranteed contract? When last month it was, I can't believe we gave him a guaranteed contract. This guy's playing so well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now we're going to go back to the, man, he's getting paid too much money to play this bad. I hope he doesn't because I have, in fantasy-wise, I had to pick him up because my quarterback's on bye this week. So um, I hope he has a big game, and I kind of think he does. I think that the Vikings try to set the tone. Um, so... I'm going to take the Vikings, man. I'm going to take it. Uh, it's. I just think that the they will set the tone with the run game, and I think that they're going to just be able to kind of ground and pound that game out. I think that both teams try to do that to keep the other offenses off the field. I, I could see this being one of the quickest uh, like Sunday night games ever because I think there's just not going to be as much passing as you would think. That's a really good point. That's going to be interesting to watch. Kind of hope you're right. Like That's going to be really fucking good, dude. Um, let's go ahead and get into our last game for the week, Monday night. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to San Francisco, where some area away from San Francisco where Levi Stadium is, where the Niners are favored by six. And I'm taking the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is a clear-cut MVP of the NFL right now. There's not really anyone that can stop him, and I don't think there's anyone on this 49ers team that is going to. Yeah, their pass rush is good, but have you ever seen Russell Wilson um, escape pressure? I have quite a freaking bit, and that's impressive. And then what does he do? He throws the ball down, a skyscraper, um, and that just drops down like a freaking missile, and boom, explosion, dynamite. The receiver's caught it and is running up the field for extra yardage. I think Russell Wilson leads this team to a win, and if it's not a win, it's not a loss by more than six points. So I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover here. Um, man, I'm very excited about this game. Uh, but I'm going to take the Niners. I'm not going to. I'm. I you I've picked against the Niners most times this year actually I feel like and I'm just not gonna get burned again so I will take the Niners to cover at six I think that they have enough weapons on outside now with Sanders obviously inside with Kittle and then all their running game I think that it's just gonna be too much for the Seahawks to cover and I think they end up winning by a touchdown or so. Man, this is going to be an exciting week of football. Like, there's really not any games that are really pivotal or, like, really pivotal. Pivotal? What word am I trying to say there? There are a lot of pivotal games. There are. There's not as many pivotal games this week, but there are some. And Correct. that's what's going to be kind of interesting. Like, the Chargers the Raiders is a big game. 
Um, Chiefs and Titans can be a big game. Packers and the Panthers could be some of a game. The Rams and Steelers. And then that Monday night matchup against the Seahawks and Niners. This is going to be an exciting week 10. We have several teams on by the Broncos, Texans, Jaguars, Patriots, Eagles, and Redskins. This is a good time of the bye week for the Jaguars and Texans. Get healthy, get lined up, get cleared, and get ready to finish your season off strong because they're going to be the two teams battling for the AFC South along with the Colts. The AFC South division is going to come down to a tight race, and I'm excited to watch it. The Denver Broncos, take your break, kind of get recouped. Uh, Joe Flacco, he's pretty much might as well just be out the rest of the year. Figure out what Brandon Allen can do moving forward and go. The New England Patriots, you're pissed that you just lost the way you did to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I'm scared to whoever they're playing next week. I don't know off the top of my head, but that game is going to be a fucking blowout. Redskins, shit. You just named Haskins your starting quarterback pretty much here on out. Uh, good luck. Not that there's anything against Haskins, but he's just not looked great. And the Eagles, man, they might be the one team this week that needs to buy more than anybody. They've got to get things figured out if they want to push for the playoff if they want a chance at winning their division. It's a good time for them to kind of get resettled, get recouped, get healthy, and then come back and finish the year off strong, similar to the Texans and Jaguars. Treese, what do you want to mention about these teams on by? Uh, I'm not very happy that they named Nick Foles the quarterback. I had the fuck did I not? What do you mean you're not very You freaking predicted it. I, I predicted it. That doesn't mean that's what I wanted. <laughs> that's true. So, what, what's your thought process? Tell me what your what your reaction was to hearing Nick Foles being named the starter, and then your thought process on what next year looks like in the future with Minshew and Foles. When I got the alert on my phone, I was at a food truck with my coworkers, and I threw my phone, <laughs> and they thought it they thought it was something with work, and they're like, "What happened?" I'm like, "Fucking Nick Foles is the starting quarterback," and they're like, "Shit, do you want to go get your phone?" <laughs> Where did you throw it? I don't know. Away from me because I didn't want to look at it. It was disappointing, dude. Like, I, I just want. I I wanted to roll with. I wanted to roll with Minshew just to see what you got. Like, you got to just see what you got. I love the the thought process of like having a quarterback that's literally making less than three million dollars for the next like four years. Like. Just like nothing, like I love that thought, like being able to build a team around him with all that extra money. Like we talked about it with like all the other teams that are like, hey man, like the Panthers, right? We talked about Cam Newton, like hey, somebody's gonna trade for him. Somebody would trade for Nick Foles, even with that contract. Somebody would trade yeah. for him this offseason. So my only hope here is they go, they roll Foles. If they don't, if it just isn't what they thought it was next offseason. They trade him, and they roll with Minshew starting next year. My worst fear is they trade Minshew. That's my worst fear. That would be stupid. But, I mean, what's your message to Minshew? Thanks for all you've done so far. Like, we do see you potentially be in the future of this franchise, but the guy we gave $20 million to is going to start next game. Yeah, that's basically probably what they said. They basically said we need to we need to see what Nick Foles can do with this team. What if he just lights it up? Seven touchdowns, no interceptions, three hundred fifty plus passing yards. We've seen I mean, it before. We've seen it before. I mean, I would obviously I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm it's helping the Jags win games, but at the same time, 
I mean, I'm a believer in like you should always draft a quarterback every single year, no matter who you have as your quarterback, because shit like this can happen. Um, but like when you hit one, like it's hard to like then just give it up immediately. So um, it's going to be a tough thing to swallow. I think a lot of Jags fans, it's going to be hard for them. It Foles is set up for failure. The moment he throws an interception, the moment he starts getting sacked and doesn't like escape the way Minshew was, he struggles at all. People are going to be booing him immediately. He, like he he has no room for mistakes. So is that kind of maybe what the Jaguars' plan is? To say, hey, like we're giving a shot at what this we pay this guy millions of dollars to do. Look what we have sitting right there. We know what we're doing. Let him. It's not like. You don't want to see a guy fail or be set up to fail. I mean, maybe that is exactly what the Jaguars are doing, dude. I I don't think Tom Coughlin's not smart. Touche, <laughs> touche. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's my, that's my opinion on that one. But I think that's it. No. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. We should have started out with this. We're hey. Fun fact for everybody. We're gonna do a little Trisivia right now. Oh, because oh. I, I, I didn't tell you about it, but I have one and I just kind of wanted to like throw it out there and see how it goes. So okay. it's just later rather than at the end or later rather than at the start. Okay, <clears throat> so this is for this season. So through nine weeks and the running back has to average over six yards. Sorry, average over six carries per game to be eligible for this. Who is averaging the most yards per carry? And it's six carries per game. Yes. Adrian Peterson. No, he is not even in the top ten. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is eight. Josh Jacobs. He's 10. Uh, another running back. Christian McCaffrey. He's number two. Wow. Zeke? Zeke's not even in the top 10. Wow. Saquon. Not even in the top 10. Damian Williams. Not even in the top 10. Shady McCoy. There's no way. He's five. What? Yep. At 5.2. Holy shit. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So it's gonna be a guy that we're not really talking um Correct. Ronald Jones? Uh, um no, he's not on this list. Not on the list. Leonard Fournette. We haven't talked about him in a while. We haven't, but he's not on this list either. You gotta remember how shitty he was the first few weeks. <laughs> That's true. Marlon Mack, he's a guy like no one's talking about. Correct, but surprisingly he's not, which I was very surprised on. I thought he would be on the huh. list. Carson. No. Do you want me to just start telling you? Fuck, I guess. Number we already said ten was Josh Jacobs. Nine, Philip Lindsay. Eight, we already talked about Dalvin Cook. Seven, Chase Edmonds. Six wow. Mark, yeah. Six, Mark Ingram. Five, LaShawn McCoy, which we talked about. Four, Nick Chubb. Three, oh, I should have known that. Three, Matt Breida. What? Yeah. 
two Christian McCaffrey and one Raheem Morstert for the 49ers as well. Holy shit. So they have one in three, and neither of them are Te- Tevin Coleman. And this is through nine weeks that a running back's had at least six carries per game. Not six per not per game. They're averaging six per game. So they haven't had six every single game, but they're the overall average equals out to more than six a game. So if you have 13 one week and then zero the next, you're still averaging six and a half per game. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Wow, wowzer. Um, okay. Well, Owen Wilson, wow. Yeah. Hey, wow. so, you, so you heading down to Alabama tomorrow? Uh, yeah, from my understanding, we are going to make our trek down, or I'm going to be making my trek down the old Joplin Mo from Kansas City, Missouri, a little two-hour trek that I love to make all the time. Um, I really do, though. It's kind of a fun drive. But I'll be making that drive tomorrow night after work. Then we will be traveling from Joplin to Little Rock, Arkansas, staying there, waking up early Friday, and making our way downtown to O Alabama. That's awesome. Happy yeah. for you, dude. That's gonna be a good Thanks, time. Dude. I expect I expect lots of pictures. Um dude, I'm gonna just be hanging out watching some football and golfing this weekend, so nothing near as as exciting as you, but should be a good time. Um, everybody, enjoy some awesome college games. Enjoy some good NFL games, and we'll be back next weekend. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Tonight, we've been Talking Football.